1: Nine nine five gold. That's eight three three nine nine five gold. Eight three three nine nine five G O L D. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am,
0: or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal. That is based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off
2: your first order. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show podcast.
0: All right. Third hour of Clan Buck kicks off right now. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, 800 on those phone lines. Get some of your calls in the, uh, back of this hour. Um, we want to talk about what happened at the White House with the, uh, Pride celebration and, um, Clay, it, uh, this is going to go into, this is going to be something that's in your wheelhouse to analyze. We'll discuss what, what happened there because, there was somebody who showed uh, their their boobs outside of the White House uh, at a Pride celebration and took a photo of it, standing outside the White House at an event where there were families, there were children present. Uh, a trans influencer. We'll get we'll get to that in a second. Um, but first, I thought this was just interesting. People often um, try to get a sense as to when when we talk about the establishment GOP or or the, um, the unit party controlled opposition. These are terms that we'll come across a lot. Um, sometimes we'll use them, but generally this is something you'll see talked about online, and a lot of people in the GOP base, people who are based or who know what time it is or who understand what is at stake in the country right now and what the communists want to do to it, also known as Democrats, um, they get up, they get annoyed because they see things like this. Here is, you all remember Paul Ryan. Uh, Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House. He was Mitt Romney's running mate. He debated Joe Biden, if you recall, Clay, in the VP debate, uh, which was interesting, um, and when he was running in 2012. And at a time when it seems on the one hand, we have trans influencers flashing their boobs in front of the White House, and and there's all this enormous push for uh, trans issues all through. And we, we all know, we talk about it all the time. Here's what Paul Ryan says the GOP should be focused on. Play 28.
2: Can I get your thoughts on that movement just quickly? I know we have to go, but Republican lawmakers around the country are pushing legislation when it comes to banning books. Um, it could be trans rights. Call it anti-woke or however you want to label it. Is that a good approach, a good strategy? You're a football fan. Is that the way you should approach <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm not a culture war guy. Uh, I think it's really polarizing. Look, I, I, on some of these issues outside, uh, you know, with the anti-woke crowd. But to me, I'm worried about a debt crisis. I'm worried about, you know, the future of our country and in China. There are big policy problems that we need to tackle. If we want to have a great 21st century for this country My work at AEI Notre Dame And my Poverty Foundation is all about poverty and upward mobility What I worry about are the big Policy challenges that are going unresolved Or made worse by Joe Biden So that's why I want to win this
0: election Okay, can I just call you a couple of, I, I want your reaction to this, but first off Whenever someone says that they're If you are a Republican And you are in this fight and you understand the stakes When someone says there are books being banned You have to say that is a lie That is an obvious lie. That is not reality. A a kindergartner not getting a book with pornography in it in his school curriculum is not a book ban, all right, uh, any more than, am I banned from the New York Times? I'm not banned. They just choose not to publish my editorials all the time, Clay, but are are we banned? Why don't they just run our transcripts? Are we banned? It's not a ban. And then beyond that, when he says I'm not a culture war guy, what is somebody what does a Republican think Republican think is left if we continue to lose on primary culture war issues? Like these things are all tied together. The notion that we're just going to tackle the debt crisis.
1: This crazy. gets me super fired up. It gets me super fired up. And I think ultimately there are two ways to think about politicians in general. Some politicians are almost exclusively story people. I'll give you an example. Tim Scott, right now, is a story politician. His story is, I grew up poor in South Carolina, and I have bootstrapped my way up to becoming a United States senator, and I feel like my story is representative of the American dream. Okay? And I'm just paraphrasing. And then there are candidates who are extreme policy guys. Right? An extreme policy candidate would have been, for instance, Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo would have come in and he would have said, here's the policies that I'm going to put in place. I would say Ron DeSantis right now is more of a policy candidate than he is a story candidate, right? He'll tell you he put out today, hey, here's how I would fix the Department of Justice and here's how I would remedy uh, the issues at the Attorney General, all those things, very policy. The most successful candidates, and and Paul Ryan is a policy candidate, right? The most successful candidates are able to twin story and policy, and that's how you win. When you say, I'm not going to get involved in cultural issues, you are basically saying, I'm a big fat loser. And I have no respect for anyone who tries to do that because what they're trying to say then is I want everybody to really like me when I walk into a New York City cocktail party because I don't want them to think I'm anti-trans because I'm focused on whether a dude with a penis can become a women's champion. That's kind of icky to me. I don't really want to talk about that. I want to tell you why... The corporate tax rate needs to be 24% instead of 29%. You're a loser. You're going to get your ass kicked. Now, I love policy guys. If Paul Ryan wants to come in and be my treasury secretary and go with all the nerds on Wall Street and argue about what tax policy numbers should be, I have no issue with them at all. But if you put a policy guy out there, he gets run over like he's standing in front of a bulldozer or a tank. He gets flattened. That's how you lose. That's Mitt Romney.
0: Now, I actually think that this is helpful to Trump in some ways, because when Paul Ryan says, I'm not a culture war guy, let's talk about the debt and poverty, which sounds like he's, it sounds like something you would hear from a, a think tank scholar who has no interest in doing anything other than collecting the checks from his sinecure and hiding, right? Like has no interest in actually engaging Yeah. In the debates that matter for the country. But then he also went on to say that we will win as long as Trump is not the nominee. Play 22.
3: He's got a great core of support in the primary. That is what you build off of. And so it does matter. But my point is, I think the electability argument is going to become more salient with with this indictment and whatever happens in the future. All the exhaustion of all the Trump baggage. Is going to make it easier now, I think, to make the argument to his core supporters. He's not electable. He's going to cost us the Senate again. He's going to cost us more House seats. it will cost us the White House. And we want to win. And we do want to win. So go look at one of these other great conservatives that are yeah. in the race who don't have all this baggage. I think if we nominate anybody not named Donald Trump, we're going to be Joe Biden.
0: We nominate anyone not named Trump,
3: Clay.
1: I I'll think that Paul life. Ryan attacking Donald Trump is the best advertisement for for
0: Donald Trump. This is my concern too. There are other people who could make this case, and maybe it would resonate in some ways. But Paul Ryan saying we're going to tackle the debt and we're going to focus on what does that focus on China? What does that mean? Yeah. I think this is really an easy thing for people to sometimes pivot to. Yeah, we're just going to focus on China, or well, we're not going to buy Chinese stuff anymore. Oh, that's, <laughs> things are going to get a lot more expensive for people in this country. Like, well, what does that really even? Involve other than talking tough about Taiwan defense once a year or something.
1: Yeah, and to me, all these things are interconnected, right? Because you can't win unless you can point to issues. We just had Nancy Mason, and I thought she was really good, right? She used to be a Waffle House waitress, and she was talking about how literally the thing that you have to do when you're a Waffle House waitress is talk to people from all different backgrounds. The way that you cut through noise... And and I can't believe like I can't believe I just keep having to slam this home over and over again because people like Paul Ryan just don't get it. People understand when there is a dude who is six foot three and he's wearing a bathing suit where you can tell he has a penis and he becomes a women's champion and they raise his hand, they recognize viscerally, Buck. Something is wrong, right? And they may not have the time because they got kids or they got grandkids and they're running around busy all day long. But it cuts through the noise and they're like, that's BS. I don't know everything that I think about. I'm talking like I'm these people. I don't know everything that I think about tax policy. And I don't know everything that I think about what my third grader should be getting taught in school. But I know a dude... A man with a penis is not the greatest women's athlete of all time. So if you're not willing to have that fight, Buck, then you aren't connecting with the people who are going to make decisions in who's elected.
0: It also runs away from something that's clearly very important to the Biden White House and to the Democrat Party overall. A culture war it's not like this is a one-way fight correct if anything if you
1: don't if you right. get slapped in the face over and over and over again and just pretend it isn't happening you're a wimp and you get your ass kicked
0: and and what happens is what we've seen now i mean the, the biden white house they had a an lgbtq plus at some level too having to just say an acronym that long feels like a uh, feels like i'm being serious it feels like a concession mm-hmm. Like, how many more letters can we put on there? And oh, if you forget a letter, you're being non-inclusive. Like, can we just come up with an acronym is supposed to make it easier, not harder. That's the purpose of an acronym. <laughs> you know, you need to come yeah. up with a name for this that makes yeah. sense that anyway. Um, but the, the, the Biden White House invited this, uh, Rose Montoya, who is a man that has grown out hair and, you know, changed, uh, and gotten, you know, gotten breast augmentation. So has, you know, fake breasts. And, uh, is a man with, with fake boobs who was standing outside the White House and on video in front of a Biden hosted event decided to, he just, this, this guy just pulls out his fake boobs and, and makes a video of it and is like, yay, Pride Month or something. Yeah. And now you could say, Oh, this is just one person, but I mean, this is the, these are the kind of people that the Biden White House is inviting to celebrate. This isn't just a random person. This is an influencer, a person who's meant to tell all the, tell all his followers about how great Joe Biden is and all the rest of it, right? But these are this is the mentality. who does that? Yeah. Can you imagine a conservative influencer under the, you know, under any Republican president shows up and and is and is having first of all, it's not even her boobs, it's his boobs. The whole thing is crazy. And now the Biden White House, but it's like, "Oh, you're being too harsh." Biden White House has condemn this this behavior is inappropriate and disrespectful for an event at the white house according to a spokesman and is not reflective of the event we hosted to celebrate lgbtqi plus families or the
1: other guests there were kids there i mean i think it you know, actually is reflective buck and this goes to people say well i'm well, i don't know why you're focused on trans uh, drag shows well because kids are going Right? Because Biden's like, focused on trans, all this I, I get stuff, it. right? I get it. This is, the, this is the response to Paul Ryan. He would say, well, I don't really care about trans rights." Okay, would you care? And this is the argument that, by the way, just steal this from me and take it and run with it. If you took, Buck, you don't have kids yet. I've got kids. If I took my eight-year-old to a strip club, if I took my eight-year-old to a strip club, I would probably get charged with a crime, justifiably, Right? There are men out there listening right now who have heard stories about dads who go to strip clubs and leave their kids in the car in the parking lot. This happens every now and then, right? Dad goes into the strip club. Why does he leave his kid in the parking lot? Because the kid can't go into the strip club. Dad's not making good decisions when he leaves his kid in the parking lot. But we understand that children do not belong at strip clubs. Why do children belong at strip shows when men are dressed up pretending to be women like this is not a complicated situation and there are a lot of women out there that are worried these wine moms they're worried that they're not going to be inclusive enough so they've got their kids prancing around putting dollar bills in thongs of dudes pretending to be uh chicks like this is weird Men wouldn't do this. Men don't do this, right? Men don't take their kids to strip shows because we know how inappropriate that is because it's sexualizing children. What are these moms thinking? And what are the Paul Ryans of the world thinking? We say, yeah, I don't really want to get involved in this. I just want to talk about what the corporate tax rate is. You're a loser. You're going to get your ass kicked just like you did in 2012.
0: Case anyone was wondering what Clay thinks about that gun owners. (laughs) Let owners. Let's talk for a second here. All right. Uh, Come on over. Treat yourself to a new training uh, device, my friends, that will improve your skills and sharpen your aim. It's called the Mantis X. It's a great tool to have at home or out at the range. So many of the best shooters now use this when they can't get to the range because it's called dry fire practice. That's what Mantis X is, a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. Turn it on and allow it to connect to the Mantis X on your phone via Bluetooth the mantis x then gives you data-driven real-time feedback in your technique it'll guide you through drills and courses the end result will be better scores better aim and better visits to the gun range the mantis x is a must-have for every gun owner if you believe in your second amendment rights you must also act on your second amendment responsibility to be competent in your shooting start improving your shooting accuracy today get yours at MantisX.com. that's
2: m-a-n-t-i-s-x.com Helping you separate truth from fiction every single weekday. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why
1: are
0: people still on the fence about owning gold
1: and silver? I
0: just don't understand.
1: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
0: You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two,
1: Up to a hundred dollars. Download the prize picks app, use promo code Clay that's C L A Y to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy.
0: GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free.
1: See if you qualify. Visit govx.com. That's G O V X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX, code CLAY, G O V X, C L A Y. Savings for those who serve.
0: Welcome back to Clay and Buck, everybody. As promised, we have Ambassador Nikki Haley with us now. She is running for GOP nomination for president of the United States. Ambassador Haley, thanks for making the time. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you. So let's start, if we could, with um, your analysis of the situation. Look, I, I understand that you are running your own campaign and you want to talk about your own issues. We're going to ask you about some of your policies and what you'd want to do for the country. But today is a particular day. Your chief rival in the primary, the guy who's leading in the polls right now, is before or is about to be before a judge uh, down here in Florida. What do you make of the situation of Donald Trump? And, And would you commit to pardoning him if it came to it, if you were able to win the race?
4: Well, first of all, I had a great relation, working relationship with President Trump, and you know what's happening is unfortunate. I think the Justice Department has handled this whole thing terribly. I mean, you can't have one standard for Democrats like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, and then another standard for Republicans like Donald Trump. And we're seeing that again, and we're seeing that again with the Biden robbery um, recordings that that have come to light. I mean, the country should never stand for that, and I think that we should all speak up, and we have to be loud about that. Having said that, if the claims in the indictment are true, if they're true, then Trump was incredibly reckless with our national security and that's not okay. So now if you've got the question of a pardon, I mean, that's a very different question. I'm not going to presume President Trump's guilt. I think we all need to let this trial play out. We need to see, you know, exactly what happens. But, you know, when you look at a pardon, the issue is less about guilt and more about what's good for the country. And I think it would be terrible for the country to have a former president in prison for years because of a documents case. That's something you see in a third world country. I saw that as the United Nations. So I would be inclined in favor of a pardon. Um, But I think it's really premature at this point when he's not even been convicted of anything.
1: Nikki Haley with us now You're obviously running for president Two leading candidates right now Are Donald Trump, we just asked you about Trump As he gets ready for the indictment in Florida And Ron DeSantis You have aggressively attacked Ron DeSantis For his response on Disney What has he gotten wrong there? What would you have done differently?
4: Well, first of all I you know I call people out whenever I see anything I was a governor And you know certainly we had to work with a lot of different companies. South Carolina is not a woke state. But, you know, you have these things. Disney, the the biggest issue, look, Ron can do whatever he wants. He is the governor. But the biggest issue with this is Disney just didn't become woke overnight. They've been woke for a long time. I remember when they hit President Trump on immigration. So this is nothing new. All I'm saying is, look, if you've gone and given Disney that the largest corporate subsidies um, in Florida history, if you've gone and done all of these things for Disney and they are your largest employer. I just don't think you need to get into this vendetta politics where you're, you know, using taxpayer dollars for lawsuits. That's not what I would do. What I would do is. Call them out on what you need to call them out on. But just because they hit you doesn't mean you have to go into an all-out war with them. I mean, these companies tend to do that. We're seeing more and more woke companies. What we should do is keep pushing policy that we know is right for our people and then let the companies go and hurt themselves in the way that they criticize things. But I just think the back and forth is unfortunate for the people of Florida. Um, But he's got a decision to make. I mean, I'd much rather... Talk about the fact that, you know, we're $31 trillion in debt. And, you know, he voted to raise the debt ceiling back in 2018. And, you know, now we're sitting in a big mess when it comes to our debt. I think we've got to take care of that.
0: Ambassador Haley, uh, on, on the issue of Trump, you mentioned a moment ago uh, that you always had a very good relationship with him. You obviously were the uh, U.S. ambassador to the United Nations during uh, Trump's first term. You know, you're running for president. So what would be different about a Haley? presidency than a trump second term what would you do better or what would you do differently
4: Well, I've been a two-term governor that took a double-digit unemployment state and turned it into an economic powerhouse. I was at the U.N. I didn't deal with one country. I dealt with 193. I mean, President Trump and I differ on some things. You know, he thinks January 6th was a beautiful day. I think it was a terrible day. You know, he thinks we should stay neutral on the war with Ukraine and Russia. I think a win for Ukraine is good for America's national security. You know, he had no problem with the spending and you know, the increase in the debt that we had, and I, as an accountant, I think that our kids are never going to forgive us for this if we don't start seriously cutting back on the spending, stopping the borrowing, and making sure we go back to pre-COVID levels.
1: Talking to former Ambassador and Governor Nikki Haley, Joe Biden it appears I think to almost every single person listening to us right now, a lot of Democrats, Republicans and independents all overwhelmingly agree isn't physically or mentally capable of being president. Should he be the Democrat nominee in 2024 in your opinion, uh Nikki, and if he is, do you think that he's going to be able to finish his term in office?
4: No, and I don't I think this is a shadow campaign for Kamala Harris. I mean, I when I look at it, that's who I'm running against is Kamala Harris, because we can't look at Biden and see the decline that he's had in the last couple of years and honestly think that he's going to make it as president um, till 86 years old. I think that this is very much they're going to keep him from debating in primary. They're going to get him to be the nominee. We don't know if he's going to actually make it. um to the election. If he does make it to the election, I don't think he stays long as president. And so I think, you know, I will continue to say a vote for President Biden is a vote for President Harris. And I think that's also why you're seeing them go and spend all this money trying to, you know, change her profile and make her look better than what she is, is because I think that she is going to be eventually either the nominee or the president if um, it continues going down the path where Biden wins. And that's exactly why we need to be very focused and understand that we've got to have a new generational leader we cannot lose this election again we can't afford to lose the general election and give biden and kamala four years because i don't think america would recover from that
1: one of the big questions we've had on this show is trump says that 2020 was a stolen election that it was rigged if democrats were willing to steal and rig 2020 why would they not do the same thing in 2024? How do you look at discussing 2020, not only retrospectively, but also prospectively as it pertains to 2024?
4: I think there were a lot of lessons that we should take from 2020. I mean, voter integrity is everything. If you you have people who don't trust the election process, I mean, that can be the weakening point of any country. And so it's really important that we have integrity i as governor passed voter id in south carolina and i was vilified for it but i said if you've got to show picture id to buy suit of if you've got to show picture id to get on a plane you should have to show picture id to protect the integrity of the election process what we saw happen during covid was a lot of bending of the rules and you saw secretaries of state do things without their state legislatures we saw mail out balloting um we saw some inconsistencies there and you know while i don't think that changed the results of the elections I think that should be a wake-up call to every American that we need to do everything we can to have election integrity. So I think every state in the country should at least have to do voter IDs. I think we should make sure that when there are absentee ballots or any early voting, we should always have to verify signatures and make sure they are who they are. I think when ballots come in, they should be counted at the time, and everybody should get the results of the election on Election Day. It shouldn't have this going two weeks out. And so I don't think we should stop on fighting for election integrity. I think we still have a few states that are concerning. And I think that we have to be conscious of, about that. And I think we also have to understand that whatever the Democrats are doing and the ways they go to get people to vote, Republicans need to do the same thing. It's about getting as many of our people out to vote um, as possible. And we, we've got to make sure that we continue to push for voter integrity in the process.
0: We just have one more for you, Ambassador Haley. We're speaking to Ambassador Nikki Haley. She's running for the Republican nomination. What does a Haley, what would a Haley presidency look like with regard to both border security and the tens of millions of illegal immigrants who are currently in the United States? What would your approach be? What would your policy be?
4: Well, first of all, I went 400 miles down that border, and you are not ready for what I saw. It is unthinkable what those ranchers go through when they get up in the morning and have to see... If someone died while they crossed the the fence or pick up whatever little kids were behind. And when I talked to sheriffs, they sat there and said they round up illegal immigrants before 7 a.m., turn them over to Border Patrol. Border Patrol releases them until their court date years from now. And when I talked to Border Patrol and asked them about their jobs, they said, do you want to know what we do? We're glorified babysitters. They don't let us do our jobs. When I was governor in South Carolina, I passed one of the toughest illegal immigration laws in the country. We did a mandatory e-verify program that required all of our businesses to prove who they were hiring were here legally in this country. I would do a national e-verify program across the country. I would defund sanctuary cities. I would go back to remain in Mexico because no one wants to remain in Mexico. We'd pull back on the provisions of Title 42. Instead of 87,000 IRS agents going after Middle America, we'd put 25,000 Border Patrol and ICE agents on the ground. And instead of catch and release, we would go to catch and deport. We've got to stop the bleeding. We've got to shut down our borders. We can't have this continue to happen. Five million illegal immigrants have crossed the border. It's it's unthinkable.
1: Uh, Nikki Haley, Ambassador and Governor, we appreciate you. Look forward to talking to you again soon.
4: Thanks. Go to com.
1: Appreciate that. Tunnel the Towers Foundation, we know how important they have been in everything that they have done. I saw, Buck, really great uh, footage of their golf tournament uh, this past weekend. It was fantastic. Uh, Really, really cool. But I want to tell you now about computers breaking. They fail. They crash. As much as we rely on them to store important documents like my book manuscript or save priceless photos, they break down. In fact, you can guarantee it. The question is, are you prepared for when that happens? Whatever you have on your computer or phone, use iDrive to back it up. The company we recommend, iDrive.com. Their system, easy to download, even easier to use, most important, the data you back up is accessible when you need it most. If I didn't back up everything I've written and my computer crashed, that would be catastrophic. My new book comes out August 8th, and I thought I lost it for a little while on the computer. I bet you guys have had files like that happen before, whether it's computers, whether it's documents you've drafted. It's a sick feeling in your stomach. That's why you need iDrive. You can back up everything. PCs, Macs, servers, mobile devices into one account for one cost. Not to mention iDrive. PC mag winner eight years in a row for the best cloud backup solution. iDrive.com. Plans start at less than 7 bucks a month. Use my name, Clay, to get 90% off of all that for the first year. That's iDrive.com. My name, Clay.
2: Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Stay current with what Clay and Buck are saying on TV. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Welcome in. Clay
1: Travis, Buck Sexton Joe. We're joined now by Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina. And I got to start this off by saying I completely and absolutely loved your going to war with crazy man Keith Olbermann. Who regularly jumps <laughs> after <laughs> Buck and myself as well? And I, for people who did not see it, I'll set it up, and then you can uh, you can uh, you know knock it off the tee here. But basically, mm. you tweeted that Hillary Clinton got a different standard of justice than Trump did, and that she was able to get right. away with destroying her emails. And Oberman came back at you and describe exactly what happened.
5: Well, he he said that I was hallucinating. He said that I was wrong that she didn't take a hammer at anything. And that I was hallucinating, as if I were on drugs or something, or high. I guess I don't even know. And then it was beautiful. It was. I love Elon Musk. Uh, the community notes went in and fact checked him, and I fact checked him with CNN uh, videos where they were fact checking. Did it actually happen? Did Hillary Clinton and her staff take hammers to their devices, their phones, their iPads, and did they use bleach? bit on the server, the answer was yes, emphatically yes. It actually did happen. It's called obstruction of justice, <laughs> and uh, we were able to fact. Uh, fact check in but also community notes on twitter did the same thing it was it was beautiful
0: uh, congresswoman Nate, uh, mace thanks for being with us um trump is going into court today he's uh, doing the whole checking in i don't they're fingerprinting him i don't think they're doing a mug shot and then he's going to be in front of a judge going to plead not mm-hmm. guilty to uh 30 plus counts here um w- what do you think the position of the various uh, candidates in the uh, Republican primary should be on this matter. Vivek Ramaswamy is saying he's already committing to uh, a pardon if he were to be president. Do you think that's the right approach? And and just how how do you think that everybody should be viewing this?
5: Well, in this case, and, and people understand, like like I've had my ups and downs with Donald Trump. But when you look at this at the outset, when you look at the timing of these indictments, the first one happened the day that the Oversight Committee got access to the SARS reports. The second indictment happened when we got access to the 1023 showing bribery with Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. The next one will come down when they when we release it, when the tapes get released, I guess. But when you look at this from a very high level, this is the executive branch utilizing their power wielding their power to put away lock away for life like this is a death sentence for donald trump to keep joe biden's number one political enemy from the presidency i mean that's at the end of the day that's what this about this is about because we can argue oh, sorry, my dog is going off we can argue about how a mishandling of documents you know but hillary clinton she set the standard With how documents are handled. And she obstructed justice, didn't get indicted. And they're indicting Donald Trump. They're arresting him today. They're arraigning him today to keep him off the ballot in 24. At the end of the day, that's what this is about. And I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or independent, that's what is happening in this country today. It should not be. And I think it's egregious. I think that the other candidates need to support Donald Trump. In his arraignment today, I mean, I think it's a whole other argument on how we handle documents and the Presidential Records Act and all that. But the precedent we're setting today is unwarranted. We should not be doing this, especially during a presidential election, especially to a former president. When Joe Biden got away with classified documents, Mike Pence got away with it, Hillary Clinton, like, what are we talking about here? You're just trying to do this to lock them up, put them away for jail for life um in nobody else is held to the same standard it's crazy that this is happening in the way that it's happening
1: so how does this play out 2024 you Mm -hmm. have i think laid out a bunch of different arguments for hey you've got to win back suburban women right and buck and i talk about this on the show a lot the the persuadable voters um you represent a district that has persuadable voters How does Mm -hmm. this play in your mind with those voters out there who who may not be following this as intensely as most of our listeners are? And you just laid it out. I mean, clearly, two systems of justice is going on. But how do you Mm -hmm. make that appeal to these moms that are out there running around with their kids, super busy every day, and they're going to look up in October and suddenly make a decision next year who to vote for? How do Republicans Mm -hmm. take back the White House? What do we have to do in your mind?
5: I'm, I'm trying to show a path here. You gotta be able, you can't just, you can't just be able to speak MAGA. You've gotta be able to support and speak Suburban Mom, too. And I've tried to show a pathway to 24 in talking about the issues that women care about. Cause at the end of the day, and I, and I've heard from some independent voters, independent-minded people that aren't supporting the former president just yet. They're supporting somebody else in the primary, but they don't like what they see happening in our country right now. They don't like what Joe Biden is doing or the executive branch wielding and weaponizing their power to throw somebody, a presidential candidate, a political enemy, in jail. And I am slowly seeing that. It's taken a while, and my instincts are that we need to show it for what it is, but also at the same time, as Republicans, we have to show women that we care we have to while we're talking about the issues of life we have to talk about birth control and protecting women who've been raped or girls who are victims of incest doing all the compassionate caring things that suburban moms care about and want us talking about and i you know last summer last year in my my race i'm a very purple district even though i'm south carolina we're along the coast but our district was not a republican district last summer It was heavily lean Democrat on a generic ballot last summer, but we were up by almost double digits that time because I was talking about the issues that mattered to women voters, particularly highly educated suburban women, suburban moms who maybe aren't pro-life or as pro-life as I am, but they understood and respected the position I was taking and that I struck out and staked out and said, I care about women and I care about life. And they they were satisfied and could live with that because I'm willing to work with other people that might even disagree. And that's going to be, it's going to be a really, abortion's going to be, and women's issues are going to be very important issues to us in 24 if we want to keep the House, if we want to flip the Senate, and if we want to win back the White House.
0: Congresswoman, before I let you go, uh, clearly your dog, not a Hillary Clinton voter, <laughs> um, not a fan. I'm just Hillary. wondering, what, what kind what Hillary. kind of dog?
4: <laughs>
5: She's a Havanese. Her name is Liberty, and she loves freedom and the Constitution. <laughs> and there we she's go. she's in D.C. with me this week, um, you know, marching around and taking votes if we get to vote today. <laughs> she's around uh, with us up here on the Hill this week.
1: Two things in your background that I want you to tell our audience who may not know you, Nancy. Uh, mm-hmm. You worked as a Waffle House waitress. I'm wondering what the best Waffle House story you have. Second part oh, of this. Oh, goodness. You, mm-hmm. So think you can think on that for a sec. Second part on this you were, I believe, the first female graduate or among the first female graduates from the Citadel. Would you, Correct. It's a fabulous school in South Carolina, mm-hmm. would you have ever believed, I'm curious, when you were in school at Citadel, that the entire Democrat Party would believe that men should be able to compete in women's athletics and that oh, that would goodness. be their dogma? What's crazier, your experience at Waffle House as a waitress or the Democrat perspective on athletics?
5: Oh, gosh. Well, it's definitely the Democrat perspective on athletics. I remember, you know, I'm a high school dropout. I dropped out of school at 17. My father's a retired Army general. I said, if you're going to stop going to school, you got to start going to work. That's when I took up the job at the Waffle House. I will tell you my favorite stories at the Waffle House when or when I was on the morning shift. And the guys that were coming off their night shift at work and their wives or their family or their kids would meet them at Waffle House for breakfast when they were getting off their shift or the cops that would come in for a cup of coffee as they were going to work. Like that community feeling and meeting real people with real stories and real lives and real jobs like that was awesome um but at the citadel like i used to say when i graduated you know i was like i'm not a feminist i didn't do this to be a feminist like my father's a graduate of the citadel i went to prove my own you know my own might my own strength my own potential there i didn't go there for any other reason but now i'm like well gosh conservative women are feminists now (laughs) because we want women to achieve and we don't want men to take away the achievements of women today it's so crazy to me that this is where the conversation has gone and now we're, we're the feminists. I just, it's mind-boggling that they want to, you know, give these achievements away to men. And if like, someone had told me in the 90s when I graduated in 99 from the Citadel, I was the first woman to graduate from there in 1999, that it would have been okay. You know, it was 154 years where women had never been there and that you, if a biological male somehow put a dress on then it would be a woman who could achieve that experience like I don't think so (laughs) not happening Um, we want to make sure that our women and girls are protected in their locker rooms on the fields in academic achievements everything like we've never had a female president in our country something we want women to achieve but not at the expense of hey men can take it away from you if they decide that their gender is something different that's not that's not the case and shouldn't be we want to protect women
0: always Congresswoman Nancy Mace, appreciate you being with us here on Clan Buck. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you're looking for a more natural way to boost your energy levels, we recommend Chalk Daily Nutritional Supplements. Chalk is quite literally chalk full of goodness. The all-natural herbal ingredients are specifically formulated to give your body the kind of fuel you need. Their male vitality stack provides guys with a healthy replenishment of testosterone. For most guys, there's a deficient level of this vital source of energy in the body. Diet, the environment, there's all kinds of reasons for that. But you can boost your T levels with Chalk's male vitality stack. In fact, studies show the leading ingredient replenishes it by 20%, but you'll feel the positive effects much sooner than that. You can find Chalk online at chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Subscribe today to Chalk's male vitality stack and save 35% off when you use my name, Buck, in your purchase process that's 35% off the life of your subscription, not just a single order, the whole life of your subscription. Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com, and my name, Buck, for that 35% off. And for the ladies in this audience, Chalk has a female vitality stack, too, which focuses on hormone health, hair, skin. Learn more about the products and how the ingredients work at Chalk, qcom
2: Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
2: Have
1: we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons.
0: One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, Let me tell you about an American company whose entire mission is built around supporting this same community of people, which I'm a part of and proud to be so. GovX.com is an online shopping platform that people like me with service-related backgrounds have been using for years. There are over 8.5 million GovX members benefiting from the site today. As a GovX member, I get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. If you're a member, GovX.com is the first place to check when you're shopping online. If you've served our country in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, emergency medical services, or other government agency roles, go to GovX.com. That's X.com, and create your free membership today. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart, and you'll get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those
1: who serve. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
0: Welcome back to Clay and Buck, everybody. As promised, we have Ambassador Nikki Haley with us now. She is running for GOP nomination for President of the United States. Ambassador Haley, thanks for making the time. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you. So let's start if we could with, um, your analysis of the situation. Look, I, I understand that you're running your own campaign and you want to talk about your own issues. We're going to ask you about some of your policies and what you'd want to do for the country. But today is a particular day. Your chief rival in the primary, the guy who's leading in the polls right now is before or is about to be before a judge, uh, down here in Florida. What do you make of the situation of Donald Trump and, and would you commit to pardoning him if it came to it, if you were able to win the race?
4: Well, first of all, I had a great relation, working relationship with President Trump. And, you know, what's happening is unfortunate. I think the Justice Department has handled this whole thing terribly. I mean, you can't have one standard for Democrats like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and then another standard for Republicans like Donald Trump. And we're seeing that again, and we're seeing that again with the Biden robbery um recordings that that have come to light. I mean, the country should never stand for that, and I think that we should all speak up and we have to be loud about that. Having said that, if the claims in the indictment are true, if they're true, then Trump was incredibly reckless with our national security, and that's not okay. So now, if you've got the question of a pardon, I mean, that's a very different question. I'm not going to presume President Trump's guilt. I think we all need to let this trial play out. We need to see, You know exactly what happens. But, you know, when you look at a pardon, the issue is less about guilt and more about what's good for the country. And I think it would be terrible for the country to have a former president in prison for years because of a documents case. That's something you've seen in a third world country. I saw that at the United Nations. So I would be inclined in favor of a pardon. Um, But I think it's really premature at this point when he's not even been convicted of anything.
1: Nikki Haley with us now You're obviously running for president Two leading candidates right now Are Donald Trump, we just asked you about Trump As he gets ready for the indictment in Florida And Ron DeSantis You have aggressively attacked Ron DeSantis For his response on Disney What has he gotten wrong there? What would you have done differently?
4: Well, first of all I you know I call people out whenever I see anything I was a governor And you know certainly we had to work with a lot of different companies. South Carolina is not a woke state, but you know, you have these things. Disney the the biggest issue look, Ron can do whatever he wants. He is the governor. But the biggest issue with this is Disney just didn't become woke overnight. They've been woke for a long time. I remember when they hit President Trump on immigration. So this is nothing new. All I'm saying is look, if you've gone and given Disney that the largest corporate subsidies um in Florida history, if you've gone and done all of these things for disney and they are your largest employer i just don't think you need to get into this vendetta politics where you're you know using taxpayer dollars for lawsuits that's not what i would do what i would do is call them out on what you need to call them out on but just because they hit you doesn't mean you have to go into an all-out war with them i mean these companies tend to do that we're seeing more and more woke companies what we should do is keep pushing policy that we know is right for our people and then let the companies go and hurt themselves in the way that they criticize things. But I just think the back and forth is unfortunate for the people of Florida. Um, But he's got a decision to make. I mean, I'd much rather talk about the fact that, you know, we're $31 trillion in debt. And, you know, he voted to raise the debt ceiling back in 2018. And, you know, now we're sitting in a big mess when it comes to our debt. I think we've got to take care of that.
0: Ambassador Haley, uh, on, on the issue of Trump, you mentioned a moment ago, that uh, you always had a very good relationship with them. You obviously were the uh, U.S. ambassador to the United Nations during uh, Trump's first term. You know, you're running for president. So, what would be different about a Haley presidency than a Trump second term? What would you do better, or what would you do differently?
4: Well, I've been a two term governor that took a double digit unemployment state and turned it into an economic powerhouse. I was at the UN. I didn't deal with one country. I dealt with 193. I mean, President Trump and I differ on some things. You know, he thinks January 6th was a beautiful day. I think it was a terrible day. You know, he thinks we should stay neutral on the war with Ukraine and Russia. I think a win for Ukraine is good for America's national security. You know, he had no problem with the spending and, you know, the increase in the debt that we had. And I, as an accountant, I think that our kids are never going to forgive us for this if we don't start seriously cutting back on the spending, stopping the borrowing and making sure we go back to pre-COVID levels.
1: Talking to former Ambassador and Governor Nikki Haley, Joe Biden it appears, I think to almost every single person listening to us right now, a lot of Democrats, Republicans, and independents all overwhelmingly agree isn't physically or mentally capable of being president. Should he be the Democrat nominee in 2024 in your opinion, uh, Nikki? And if he is, do you think that he's going to be able to finish his term in office?
2: No.
4: And I don't, I think this is a shadow campaign for Kamala Harris. I mean, I, when I look at it, that's who I'm running against is Kamala Harris. Because we can't look at Biden and see the decline that he's had in the last couple of years and honestly think that he's gonna make it as president um till eighty six years old. I think that this is very much they're gonna keep him from debating in primary, they're gonna get him to be the nominee. We don't know if he's gonna actually make it um through the election. If he does make it to the election, I don't think he stays long as president. And so I think You know, I will continue to say a vote for President Biden is a vote for President Harris. And I think that's also why you're seeing them go and spend all this money trying to, you know, change her profile and make her look better than what she is. Is because I think that she is going to be eventually either the nominee or the president if um, it continues going down the path where Biden wins. And that's exactly why. We need to be very focused and understand that we've got to have a new generational leader. We cannot lose this election again. We can't afford to lose the general election and give Biden and Kamala four years, because I don't think America would recover from that.
1: One of the big questions we've had on this show is Trump says that 2020 was a stolen election, that it was rigged. If Democrats were willing to steal and rig 2020, why would they not do the same thing in 2024? How do you look at discussing 2020, not only retrospectively, but also prospectively as it pertains to 2024?
4: I think there were a lot of lessons that we should take from 2020. I mean, voter integrity is everything. If you you have people who don't trust the election process, I mean, that can be the weakening point of any country. And so it's really important that we have integrity i as governor passed voter id in south carolina and i was vilified for it but i said if you've got to show picture id to buy suit of that if you've got to show picture id to get on a plane you should have to show picture id to protect the integrity of the election process what we saw happen during covid was a lot of bending of the rules and you saw secretaries of state do things without their state legislatures we saw mail out balloting um we saw some inconsistencies there and you know while i don't think that changed the results of the elections I think that should be a wake-up call to every American that we need to do everything we can to have election integrity. So I think every state in the country should at least have to do voter IDs. I think we should make sure that when there are absentee ballots or any early voting, we should always have to verify signatures and make sure they are who they are. I think when ballots come in, they should be counted at the time, and everybody should get the results of the election on Election Day. It shouldn't have this going two weeks out. And so I don't think we should stop on fighting for election integrity. I think we still have a few states that are concerning. And I think that we have to be conscious of, about that. And I think we also have to understand that whatever the Democrats are doing and the ways they go to get people to vote, Republicans need to do the same thing. It's about getting as many of our people out to vote um, as possible. And we, we've got to make sure that we continue to push for voter integrity in the process.
1: We just
0: have one more for you, Ambassador Haley. We're speaking to Ambassador Nikki Haley. She's running for the Republican nomination. What does a Haley, what would a Haley presidency look like with regard to both border security and the tens of millions of illegal immigrants who are currently in the United States? What would your approach be? What would your policy be?
4: Well, I, first of all, I went 400 miles down that border, and you are not ready for what I saw. It is unthinkable what those ranchers go through when they get up in the morning and have to see if someone died while they crossed the, the fence or pick up whatever little kids were behind. And when I talked to sheriffs, they sat there and said they round up illegal immigrants before 7 a.m., turn them over to Border Patrol. Border Patrol releases them until their court date years from now. And when I talked to Border Patrol and asked them about their jobs, they said, do you want to know what we do. We're glorified babysitters. They don't let us do our jobs. When I was governor in South Carolina, I passed one of the toughest illegal immigration laws in the country. We did a mandatory e-verify program that required all of our businesses to prove who they were hiring were here legally in this country. I would do a national e-verify program across the country. I would defund sanctuary cities. I would go back to remain in Mexico because no one wants to remain in Mexico. We'd pull back on the provisions of Title 42. Instead of 87,000 IRS agents going after Middle America, we'd put 25,000 Border Patrol and ICE agents on the ground. And instead of catch and release, we would go to catch and deport. We've got to stop the bleeding. We've got to shut down our borders. We can't have this continue to happen. Five million illegal immigrants have crossed the border. It's, It's unthinkable.
1: Uh, Nikki Haley, Ambassador and Governor, we appreciate you. Look forward to talking to you again soon.
4: Thanks. Go to NikkiHaley.com.
1: Appreciate that. Tunnel the Towers Foundation, we know how important they have been in everything that they have done. I saw, Buck, really great uh, footage of their golf tournament uh, this past weekend. It was fantastic. Uh, Really, really cool. But I want to tell you now about computers breaking. They fail. They crash. As much as we rely on them to store important documents like my book manuscript or save priceless photos, they break down. In fact, you can guarantee it. The question is, are you prepared for when that happens? Whatever you have on your computer or phone, use iDrive to back it up. The company we recommend, iDrive.com. Their system, easy to download, even easier to use, most important, the data you back up is accessible when you need it most. If I didn't back up everything I've written and my computer crashed, that would be catastrophic. My new book comes out August 8th, and I thought I lost it for a little while on the computer. I bet you guys have had files like that happen before, whether it's computers, whether it's documents you've drafted. It's a sick feeling in your stomach. That's why you need iDrive. You can back up everything, PCs, Macs, servers, mobile devices into one account for one cost, not to mention iDrive. PC mag winner eight years in a row for the best cloud backup solution, iDrive.com. Plans start at less than 7 bucks a month. Use my name, Clay, to get 90% off of all that for the first year. That's iDrive.com. My name,
2: Clay. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Stay current with what Clay and Buck are saying on TV. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your
2: host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.